Welcome to the Extra Pieces. I'm Richard from The Rambling Brick. And I'm Jay from Jay's Brick Blog. Welcome to our little podcast and come and join us while we talk about Lego sets, things happening in the Lego fan community and pieces we've stepped on in the middle of the night. Where are we? We're into August now. We've had... Lots of people say, thank goodness you've come back. We've been missing us. It does gave me a little warm glow, Jay. Feels good to be back. Um, and again, we are determined um, this season to be much more consistent with our upload schedule. And yeah, just yeah, just, just doing a, bit, a bit of a better job with how we post, when we post, just to ensure that we get into your ears on a, uh, in a timely fashion. So, Jay... I was just trying to think, what have you been building lately? I've been building a lot. It's it's August, and August has a you know had a traditionally pretty big release slate, and I yeah I partook in a few of the new August first releases. Uh, I think last in our last episode we spoke about the Spider Man Final Battle, I believe. Did I? I think. I don't know that we did. Did no, you probably build not, sp- yeah. No, no. So <sighs> I saw you pick that up on day one. Or I picked day that up, minus well, one. Day day minus three. My 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 locals started selling it early. And I don't gotta, I don't know if it was on the offered shelves. for review from like fan media because I don't think anyone else has posted about it. But it's a highly anticipated Spider-Man set, so that was high on my priority list to pick up. And yeah, it was a yeah, it's a pretty pretty good pretty good Marvel set with nine yeah. minifigures and finally a decent No Way Home playset. And you get three Spider Man from across the eras. So you got Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and the current MCU Spider Man Tom Holland, all in one set, plus a bunch of villains as well. And if you're a fan of Lego superheroes, the minifigures more than make up, you know, the, the the minifigures are the biggest draw of the of the yeah. team. And yeah. they don't yeah, they don't disappoint. It's quite expensive, so it's not a not a cheap set by any <laughs> regard, but you're getting like nine exclusive so far minifigures. Well, eight. Because Doctor Strange is, you know, Doctor Strange across time and space. So you're getting a pretty good deal in terms of minifigures and the big draw of course is the andrew garfield spider-man which was previously only released as a comic con minifigure in i believe 2014 2013 Ooh, i'm not gonna be able to have a good guess at that one yeah so. well that one's worth about ten thousand us dollars and I, I i do like to buy expensive minifigures but i have a limit and that limit's I, probably ten thousand USD. But if it was nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine USD, do you think you'd get it for the right minifigure? Maybe I don't know. You'll have to ask me when I see but one. Not now that we've got the Spider-Man Final Battle, which has got nine hundred pieces and around about one hundred and sixty-nine Australian dollars, which mm. probably means what about a hundred dollars US? It's hundred and ten US, and it's it's quite an interesting build because so Mar- Marvel has this. Marvel has this tendency of sneaking concepts from other teams or other um, 
other parts of LEGO into their into their team. Last year, we had the Sanctum Sanctorum, which was a pseudo modular. Indeed. And th- for 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 the Spider Man Final Battle, they've adapted. It's pretty much a diorama set when you when you look at it. So it's it's um you get a you just a head of the Statue of Liberty with some scaffolding around it, which comes in handy for you to place the minifigures and you know in all sorts of action scenes because it's the uh, climactic battle of No Way Home. There's three Spider-Mans swinging around. You've got Doc Ock. You've got the Green Goblin and you know, you've got Wong, MJ, and no, sorry, not Wong, Ned, MJ, and Doctor Strange kind of whizzing around. So there's a there's a lot of minifigures that you can place around, you know, making it quite a quite an interactive diorama. But but because it's not a diorama set, so it's not a it doesn't suffer from the eighteen plus tax that they would normally include if something is aimed at a older audience. Yep, kind of gets away with you know. A you know a a children's toy price tag for what you get, and mm. I compared it side by side with like the Star Wars, the Tr- Emperor Throne Room diorama from this year, mm-hmm. and you put them side by side, they're almost the same price, um, but one has like nine minifigures, the other one has three, and yeah, it's 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 chalk and cheese. When you yeah. put them side by side, so you can see that there's a there's there's a definite eighteen plus tax attached to it as well, and I mm. think it's quite clever for them to kind of sidestep it and you know put a a format that works really well that has a lot of appeal to older fans into a in, in into the regular team. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I, I agree there. I do like the tidiness of the Star Wars dioramas and indeed the Jurassic Park diorama that we got last year um, where you've just got that beautifully squared off base. But I think we've now seen enough of those to be able to have a reasonable crack at building our own versions of that around the base of this model, which, you know, could bump the price up to give it that 18 plus tax if we really wanted. And that's really just the cost of extra pieces. Yeah. So I think it's... It's pretty good value. It's pretty good value when you compare it to the upcoming The Marvels set, the Hoopty, which is, what, $159.99? So that's $10 Australian less, and it only comes with three minifigures. Um, that, that one's just egregious, but... I, I've, I've, got, I've got some theories on this one, and none of them are good. <laughs> the... Um... I, I wonder if, if it's kind of like the Ant-Man set where it was only really ever available online except probably in the country in which it was being produced. Like, it never hit the shops in Australia, the set from the first Ant-Man movie, so it's probably made in an area that doesn't have Australia in its normal production run. I'm wondering if it's, like, produced in Mexico, in the Mexican factory exclusively. But the other thing is that it's got the Smiling Woman tax. The Smiling Woman tax. Yep, so what you find is that a lot of the sets that have got females, female minifigures, where the figures are not angry, mm. they're always the most expensive set of the wave. So, for example, uh, Professor Sinestra in the Harry Potter Astronomy mm-hmm. Tower. Correction, it was actually the Chamber of Secrets. 
um, Vilma in Scooby-Doo. Limited to one set. Ewok Village. Yes, probably another valid, probably another valid one. And Princess Leia also, in most sets, I think. She, uh, she, she tends to find herself into, you know, she, she tends to find herself in very expensive sets. Yeah, although certainly standard white, white robe, bun hair, layer is a common enough figure in cheaper sets mm. as well. And Anadala. Mm. Um, you know, on the whole, these figures all appear in the most expensive range of the most expensive sets of, a, of any given line. And yep. in this particular set, we've got three strong female characters, two of them are women of colour, and they've all got a smiling face on one side at least. They're not both perpetually angry. Yeah. Could be a cat tax as well. There are three cats in the set. Animals are notoriously expensive, maybe. Look, I I, 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 I think... maintain that it's a it's a mistake because I just cannot I just cannot like it's everything just doesn't stack up with that set for some reason. Maybe There's... it was a more expensive set that they had to scale down. Maybe. And then they forgot to change the price. I don't know. Or maybe it's being priced the price is allowing for other retailers near automatic discount policies regardless. So, you know, we'll find it on the shelves at Target or Target or Kmart or one of those places for about hundred and twenty Australian dollars and think, woohoo, gonna yeah, give me some well, of that bargain value. <clears throat> well, I I don't know. I I feel like they'll they'll drop the price because I don't I don't I don't think that price stays um the same until it gets launched. Yeah, no we've certainly seen um precedents for that. They have made adjustments, so Actually, how much did you say it was? $159 for a 420-piece set with only three minifigures, two of which do not have leg printing. Indeed. And yeah, and, and, and none of them have arm printing as well, but that's kind of a Marvel thing. Yeah, and the ship, the ship itself looks beautifully rendered in pearl silver, but then yep. when you have a look at some of the other pictures, it's actually just dark grey. <laughs> the uh, so, the 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 good old render, the the good old Lego render. Yeah, who knows what's going on there? There have been a lot of mistakes, I think, with their new like render software, where elements just don't seem, you know, photorealistic. The colors are off. I know, like one of the one of the bigger mistakes was the Hocus Pocus, um, Sanderson sister set, where there is a black flame or a black candle. And in the in the renders, it looked like a clear flame, which you know, to Hocus Pocus fans, was was kind of a big like that's a big you know that's a big reference to 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 mess up. But mm. hey, it's what happens when you uh you kind of move on from actual photography to using digital renders, and until they sort out the you know sort out the kinks, this is gonna happen again and again. It does mean that I don't laugh at the lifestyle photographs quite as much. And I need to take back my previous statement. It's not dark grey. It's light grey and sand blue. Hmm. So All right. I think, you know, the, the actual model looks okay, but I think the price looks outrageous. Of course, we have no idea what the source material looks like at this point in time. So mm -hmm. it may all be, have, I don't know. I look forward to seeing what it actually looks like in the film. I 
am tempted by the minifigures, but it does feel like they've cheaped out on them a little bit. And whether I then need to mix... That's a Marvel thing, though. Like, that's a... Like, just Marvel characters not having leg printing is almost a meme at this point. Yeah. I'm just trying to... Yeah. It's... It's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. Have you... I built a lot at the start of you're the saying, month. You're saying you've built a lot, because I've, I've not built too much this month. I've had my mind on other things. Yeah. Um... I... It's was, it was quite unusual, because... I didn't get sent quite. Uh, I didn't get sent uh, a lot of August review sets. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I got any. So the the other one that I was excited to pick up was the Tranquil Garden. So that's one zero three one five. Oh, that's fantastic! Garden, yeah, which is uh, which is sublime. Which is which is a great set. I think one of the best design sets, which amalgamates and adapts so many different styles across Lego icons. Mm. So it's a it's a it's a diorama that adapts and is inspired by um it's inspired by Japanese landscape design and architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, you you're building at a minifigure scale as well. So it has that sense of familiarity with the scale. And it's got a bit of botanicals as well because you're building different, you know, tr- different types of trees. There's a great diversity in trees. So if you enjoy different tree techniques, this is a very fun set because you have the uh, cherry or plum blossom trees. You've got a tall, um, like cedar type tree which uses the new fern piece in dark green upside down. Yeah, which, I saw that. Was, I thought that was yeah. a really clever bit of parts usage. Yeah, and then you have, you know, for the for the smaller like shrubs or smaller trees, you have these, you have those like a you have those dark green like city mining drills as well. Mm. Yeah, so it's some great. really it, clever recolors there, aren't there? Yeah, like if you liked the landscaping in the um you know botanical garden set, or if you like the landscaping in the um, I'm thinking of the festival. festival set. Like this is just yeah. this is just landscaping everywhere. Fantastic. Yeah, it's I'll, got, I'll it's got to, a very interesting technique as well, where the trees are um, the trees have these like square cube bases, so they slot into um, holes in the ground. So you could easily swap out and change the positioning of the trees to 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 make it your own. That's awesome. I'm really hmm. excited by this set, if only because the Nola in Chief had a look at the set and thought, that looks really beautiful. I hmm. quite like the look of it, and she's got it a birthday coming up. I would, I, would, I would highly recommend it. it. It's a really nice gift. The you know, it's, it's, it's built in like a pot, like a square pot that's very mm-hmm. reminiscent of the bonsai tree. Yep. So there's, there's shared DNA there. So it looks, it's kind, it's kind of like those... Like ornamental, like ter- like open air terrariums that you display, you know, in a you know on your on your table or in a desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of like a yeah, like you know, like bonsai trees, you know, kind of made to look like miniature trees, and there's like moss and like different like you know tiny bits of landscaping around it uh, yep. in the pot. So it it has that effect as as well. Um, so it's 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 stunning. It's one of the most like beautiful sets that Lego have released this year, if not ever. And, you know, 
if you if you have a close connection with like Japanese culture or if you've had you know really fond memories of visiting Japan which you know have a have a you know have a have a long and storied history of you know Japanese gardens so this is like dating back to the you know the 1500s 1600s yeah. as well you'll you'll find a lot of aspects of the set very familiar fantastic yeah so i looked at like i looked at some like old holiday photos of the japanese gardens that i've that we visited like at at the uh, imperial palace in tokyo for example and a lot of how the the gardens are set up and yeah it's 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 all looking very familiar fantastic and one of the things i really liked about the set as well was um that it was created in collaboration with hoichi kurisu he is a landscape designer famous for his you know japanese garden design mm-hmm. so it was um you can tell that a lot of love and a lot of um respect and like accuracy has been placed into the set and i was i was yeah so it was a very cool mention in the manual that um you know makes a lot of sense because it has it's it's a very considered design and people that enjoy the lego icons line people that enjoy building like the lego botanical collection or or even like lego architecture will absolutely love the yeah will absolutely love the set and it's great if you enjoy minifigures because there's a lot of space to fill it with minifigures so if you want to put like some ninjago minifigures in put sensei wu in it's kind of like a cool Japanese retreat. Um, the series four kimono girl fits in just beautifully with mm. uh, within the set. Yeah, and yeah, there's, there's there's a lot that you can do there. Yeah, terrific. Yeah, it it is quite expensive. Uh, like it's the I think the local price here is a hundred and fifty nine, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's got the add in plus tax. Yeah, so one hundred seventy nine ninety nine. It was one hundred fifty nine yeah, yeah. at Kmart um, and Amazon, uh, but yeah, full price. It is it is quite pricey. So I I would have scored the set. I would I would have given well. I would have happily given it a five out of five. But I think the the price tag just kind of drags it down slightly. So it's not it's not bad value, but I wouldn't say that it's fantastic value. Did you think it was reasonable value at a hundred and whatever you paid? It felt a bit expensive for okay, so it yeah. didn't feel like a, didn't feel like one hundred and fifty dollars, one hundred and sixty dollars worth of value to you. No, no, I would I would have much preferred it if it was maybe one hundred and twenty, one hundred and thirty. If it was at if a, if it was at, at that price point, I would have gone yeah, five stars. This is this is amazing in every aspect, but the price just drags it down. But again, like price is one one factor. Out of so many, and if you just look at it from a from 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 a design perspective, like design wise, it's it's pretty flawless. Like the experience is great, the build experience is fun, and you know it's it's even it's even it's even quite an innovative set because you can you know kind of place the trees um, in different spots around the garden, so you can actually yeah. kind of role play Japanese landscape designer or Japanese landscape architect. Which is which is quite fun. So yeah, price wise, yeah, it's it's not overpriced. It's just expensive. Like at that at that at that mm. you know one hundred and eighty nine ninety nine mark, it's 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 where you go. Oh, I kind of have to think about 
it a bit more. Whereas if it was closer to that $100 Australian mark, maybe, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit more in that, oh, okay, I can kind of treat myself without, yeah. you know, kind of thinking too much. But yeah, once you cross that $150 mark, it, you know, your, your, your brain does a few more calculations. You, you um, want to see that you're getting a quality gift with purchase or something. Yeah, yeah. Or double VIP. It's one of those. Yeah. yeah. I completely forgot that I'd done some building. Sorry? I'd forgotten that I'd done some building. I've built some oh. donkey I've built some you Donkey Kong sets. So I've 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 been putting together some of the Super Mario sets and particularly the Donkey Kong sets. So um Rambi the Rhino, Dixie Kong's Jungle Jam, um, Donkey Kong's Treehouse and Diddy Kong's Minecart Ride. And look, there's quite mm. a change in feel even with the last lot of sets that I've posted reviews on. Um, mm. This wave does not have any collectible figures associated with it at all. And you start thinking that perhaps they're, I'm going to suggest mopping up. There's about 30 SKU numbers between the highest number set here, 71427, and Dreams at 71453. Mm -hmm. So there's a limit to just how many sets they can actually fit into that space. It gives them room for about, what, 25 items all up, which could be two more waves, could be three more waves. Mm. I mean, Lego Mario's, what, like almost four years? Well, this is our fourth wave that we've had released. We had... each year we received a new electronic character. We had Mario, then Luigi, then Peach, and you can play with them together and something about that shortly. And this year they've introduced Donkey Kong, who you can who functions sort of as something for Mario to ride in. Mm-hmm. So he engages. He's a vehicle. Yeah, he functions like a vehicle. You put him in and he sort of gallops along and you can slowly gather coins that way. But, of course, you then don't get any coins for knocking in the game. You don't get coins for knocking over mm-hmm. any other enemies or picking up any treasures or anything while you're riding um, shotgun mm-hmm. on Donkey Kong. And so this is these actually function far more as play sets. Yeah. Um, it's sort of it's gone from being sort of designed for playing the game to being playing with it like a toy. Mm. So... Yeah, more, it seems like there's more like interactive elements, which yeah. is so there's pick up pick up the bunch of bananas. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the element designers who've produced a bunch of banana elements. I think I think in scale with one. like regular like single Lego bananas, pretty well. Okay, I'm Ma- marginally maybe marginally bigger, but you know you can a, a minifigure can pick them up by the end. Um, that's got a tile on the bottom, and you can. There's a mechanics that allows you to scan that and then give them to any of the apes and they'll eat them up and you'll get some points for that. And that mm-hmm. really becomes the way that you end the way that you earn points in in the game if you're playing with any of these. I need to have a proper look at the scoring for Diddy Kong, the minecart, but for the others, um, it's particularly it's that handing over of things. Or mm-hmm. with the Dixie Kong's stage, she Mario hops on the stage and swivels back and forth, and everyone dances around the stage. And mm. every time you spin, you sort of improve your coin count. But they're not they're not particularly high scoring things. It's far more something to play with and 
so far more something to play with. It fosters that um, sharing mechanic that we first saw with Princess Peach. You've got Rambi the Rhino, who basically is another vehicle um, that you can ride along in and make some fantastic crashing sounds as you go. There's Donkey Kong's Treehouse, and with that you've got Cranky Kong, who was apparently, I didn't realise, the original Donkey Kong back in the original video game that was hurling barrels down the <laughs> work site at Jumpman, who sort of evolved into Mario um, in back in the day. The house is a great-looking little bamboo house. It's got some new palm leaf elements that we've seen in other colours in Dreams, but we've got okay. them in tan and regular green here. And we've got a radio, we've got a TV, we've got a few tyres for the apes to bounce around on. So it's it's a fun little playset. Um, it's even got a little little um, hammock for Mario or Donkey Kong just to kick mm. back and relax on. There is a the sole play feature involves mashing a button and throwing Donkey Kong out of the house through the door, so long as you've got him lined up carefully. So it's a bit of fun, but it's more one for the Donkey Kong fans to play with rather than one for the Lego Super Mario fans. I think this is going to be a great thing to add to my course. Hmm. It it definitely looks like they're more... I don't know, des- destinations compared to, yeah. you know... The, being these part are destinations track. like... Yeah. Yeah, so like in the original... In the original wave, there was a um, Yoshi's house. Mm-hmm. Um, this is certainly a destination. It's a destination. It's not a challenge. It's not an obstacle. We've got that. We've got the stage. We've got Diddy Kong's mind track that is far more of a traditional course. But even there, you've got the chance to fly the plane around. You've got the chance to ride in a cart. And so I dare say these are all things that they've found that kids actually enjoy rather than trying to um, game the system mm. that much, you know, play rather than playing the game. I mean, I've, I certainly found the game a lot of fun in the first few months that I was playing playing with it and, you know, enjoy, enjoy it from time to time. But uh, certainly I think having a variety of ways that you can play with it is great for the ways in which different kids play. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, that caught caught me a little off guard um, after as as when always when you upgrade the when you get new sets you have to upgrade the app on your phone or your tablet and then you have to upgrade the ram in or the the programming in mario so that he can recognize the new tiles Mm -hmm. and after doing this i put him down on the bench and he started singing softly to himself, which was unexpected. I then found him and Princess Peach and put them next to each other. And I was very surprised. And they just start singing Super Mario music at each other, just sort of like having a little hum just to remind you Oh, it's been a minute since you've played with us. We're still here. Um, it's <laughs> it's really cute. It's quite it's quite fun, and it's just you. They'll if you've got them paired, they'll swap the lines between each other. Otherwise, they'll just sing to themselves softly, and yeah, good fun. 
from that point of view. So that was something that was completely unnecessary to do to the software. And I'm glad they did it, though. Yeah, I think it's one of those, you know, especially if they're, you're appealing to Donkey Kong fans or Mario fans, it's just nice to have that, you know, interplay and, you know, like small little like Easter eggs like this really kind of make all the difference when it comes to sets like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's now a thing that will be, if you are, if you just update your software and then connect up to Mario, that will, should pass through to your Mario regardless of the sets that you've got. So, yeah, I really like the look of this, these sets, like the, like personally for the Lego Mario sets, I've always liked the ones that have, that have functioned as like standalone display models. So like yep. Bowser's airship um, and, you know, these ones actually look pretty good. Like they, they look like they, they're designed like Lego sets, which is always a, which is, which is always makes sense. Which, which, which is always like good for me because I primarily just display the set. So having, you know, these familiar characters um, is a sense of comfort and yeah, mm. they look aesthetically much better than the usual kind of like track and bunch of enemies that you normally get with, yeah, the sets. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's another sort of half of the wave that I'm yet to pull out of the box and they're the ones that are more traditional Mario rather than Donkey Kong. Yeah. And it looks like they probably play a little bit. Well, we've got the destination of Picnic at Mario's house. Mm-hmm. Larry and Morton's airships look like they'll have a few challenges associated with them, but not necessarily mm. be huge point scorers. But then the Tribe Bowser Castle battle, I find the castles are really good. The Princess Peach Castle, I was able to, without trying too hard, earn 100 coins in the course of the game. And so I think they, I think that'll be a, that'll be a great set to have a look at and put together and mm-hmm. and work on that. But we'll we'll do that some stage in the next couple of weeks. Mm. In in the meantime, I've also built a completely a bit more of an older set, one from nineteen eighty five, and that would be the Fisherman's Wharf from the Fabuland range, which features Edward the Elephant's resplendent in his yellow sou'wester a fishing rod, a rowboat, and a small cabin. 25 Mm. pieces of pure joy, especially when you see the way that the model converts into a helicopter for the Mm B-Build, which is just absolutely crazy. This set had always appealed to me conceptually, just looking at it, and I never quite understood why, but I now realise here's a guy, he's away on his own for the weekend, he can go fishing, he can sit in the boat, he's got his cup of tea, he can just sit and watch the world go by it's a real case of ah the serenity and it just just finally clicked with me as to just what looked good about that one Mm -hmm. but yeah that's about all i've had time to build this month or this fortnight great i've been building a lot so i've been kind of trying to get back into a groove um, of things i am you know building writing and spending a lot of time trying to organize and sort my life out because um yeah i've just been buying a lot of stuff and again running out of space to store them do you have a preferred cupboard or shelving system to that to stack your shelves on your sets on or do you just look around and find Uh, something not specifically i have the i have the the steel like uh i think they're called it no, yeah, Edison. Okay, this is this is from the Swedish flat pack furniture company. 
yes, the Swedish, yeah, IKEA. Um, I think they're called Edison. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure what they what they call it. Something Swedish, but yeah, they're they're, they're the metal versions. Um, I normally have the lac cubes. Those were my mm. primary like form of storage. But the cube system is, um, you know, as the as as Lego sets get bigger, the cube systems don't quite work as um as well as they did when Lego sets were a lot more compact and used to fit yeah. on a the on a traditional base plate. Mm. Um, so yeah, just the larger ones, but I, I, I mostly use those for, um, storing boxes and my vintage collection. We'll have to talk about that some other time when we've got a bit of time, because I recognize that, um, we've got a little bit more that we need to talk about. Um, yeah, that's been a, that's been my focus for like the last, like, I don't know, three years, I think just, yeah, I'm just building my own vault because, the vault in the, uh, well, the historical vault or the historical, what do you call it, the basement in the in the Lego Ideas house? So the one in the Lego Ideas house has now moved up into the roof. Oh, okay. Have yeah. they moved? They, yeah, they, they moved last year. They have outgrown the basement. <laughs> and so the, the you may have seen this in various tour videos as being labelled Memory Lane. Mm. Um, which featured lots of compactus, and this has moved upstairs in that building. Oh, okay. It's still in the well, same building. Well, I'm going again in September, so I'll definitely be looking forward to checking out the new layout. Um, yeah. But yeah, like visiting it for the first time left a profound impact, and it went, okay, I now have some direction of where I want my hobby to head towards. And yeah, building a vault and you know, essentially just building a mini Lego museum has been high on the priority list and yeah that's been that's been where a lot of my purchases have gone in the last 18 months but then again i've never stopped buying vintage but yeah now we have sealed vintage which is uh which is the the part of the hobby where you don't want to end up in i may or may not have started to step down that slope oh yeah it's 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 not good but um on, on the other hand, they're much easier to store than sets of an equivalent value um, that are new. Because Depends. They're much those, monorail, those monorail boxes are quite large. Oh, okay. I, yeah. Yep. Oh, I haven't looked at that. If you're, in a, if you're in the market for a Futuron monorail in box, let me know. Is the box open? The box is open, yes. yes. Ooh, but good. one will hit the market soon in okay. Australia. Good to know. Good to know. There are a few new sets coming out, apparently. Yes. Yes. Should we play a sonic boom sound? What does a sonic boom sound like? <laughs> that may or may not have worked. We're back to the, was it, early 90s? Late 80s? Oh, 60s, 70s, 80s. Yep. The era Before. of supersonic flight. Well, supersonic commuter flight. Supersonic commuter flight, oh, yes. passenger flight, yeah. Passenger flight, yes. Yeah, so one of LEGO's big releases um, for September, they're starting to um, starting to edge towards September reveals, and we now have the official reveal of the Concord 10318, the LEGO Icons Concord. Um, that's coming to you on the 1st of September, and... I think a lot of aviation fans are going to be very happy with what Lego have done. Um, m- mostly because it's been a w- it's been a long time since 
we've had a like a well a real world airplane yeah plane like this when was the last one like the dream like the boeing dreamliner dreamliner which i think was that was that was um what 2008 Mm. ancient history at this point yeah ancient history you know long before most of us like it, it was even before i got back into lego i saw it on display at one of the um probably at the very first prevention that i did yep. 2006 in fact yep so yeah so was... the concord's coming out on the 4th of september for vips and it is priced at a very respectable 199.99 in the us uh that's 299.99 australian and 169.99 pounds pretty Indeed. pretty pretty respectable price i think for a lego icons set and this thing is this thing is massive like this thing is almost like this thing is over a meter long indeed and that that from that point of view it's um it's certainly quite impressive it's it's written in very very tiny print on the back of the box but yeah it's 105 centimeters long it's about 43 centimeters wide but probably only about 15 centimeters tall so it, it's certainly a long flat tube it's for it's 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 uh it's it's an aerodynamic design it has to slice through the sky as it approaches what's it two mark two approaches uh it goes in excess of mark two from what i remember oh, there you go oh i could be wrong i'm sure someone will criticize it's, anyway i could be wrong i'm probably wrong yeah but it's a it's 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 a it's designed in a in a way that it's a large like desktop display model so it's one meter long so that's that's quite sizable and it's going to take up quite a lot of real estate max so 2.04 like 2.04 ago so it is an excess of mac 2 yeah that is quite a lot of real estate it's it's on a par with the real estate that might be taken up by titanic it's not you quite wanna, as long because it comes with a display stand, so it's it's oriented in that kind of like takeoff. You know, mm. it's pointed upwards, and you can have like the landing gear retract and the nose, um, you know, bend down. I think that um, the, the like, term was droop snoot. Droop snoot. Sorry, a yep. droop droop snoot. I think was what my husband book of. My, my Osborne picture book of flying machines back in 1978 spoke about, and basically the nose of the Concorde dropped down so that the pilots could see what they were doing on the tarmac. Hmm. So yeah, it's 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 very impressive, and you know, given the given how popular the Titanic was, um, you know, which appealed to a very very specific niche of people who enjoy building and displaying ships i think that they are like this set is definitely going to appeal to that niche of people that enjoy building and displaying large model aircraft because mm. it's it's been a while since we've gotten model aircraft so lego have done like world war one planes we've had the red baron we've had the Sopwith camel Sopwith camel yeah and before that we've had you know the very blocky boeing yeah what what, what else have we have we got before I think that might be it outside yeah. of City and Friends. 
and Fabuland. Yeah. So I think I think Lego have definitely it's going to appeal to I think an older crowd who were obviously at an age where you know flying on the Concorde was a was a big deal or you know and correct me if I'm wrong if I'm wrong but it was quite expensive to fly the Concorde. It, it, it was. It was. It was not really a thing that you or I would look to do if we were travelling from um, from New York to Paris. It's probably. Mm-hmm. I, I do remember back in the days of Live Aid that Phil Collins was playing at Live Aid at Wembley Stadium um, in the morning, and then he got on Concord and flew over to um, the US for the to take part in the concert there, um, taking advantage of the um, supersonic speeds on Concord. Certainly for, makes the uh, transatlantic commute a bit more bearable. Well, it does. It did. It did um, back in the day. Uh, one of the things that I'm a little curious with this, with I find myself comparing it with another set that was of a similar length, not quite as many pieces, 1969 rather than 2083, but, you know, there's not a huge difference there. And it's really just a showing of what's happened with Lego's pricing policy over the last 12 months, the way that, you know, the Saturn V was priced at about 119 $120 US and you know not much more and it's now 200 I'll acknowledge that that sort of pretty well was unchanged between the um, 2017 original version and the 2020 reissue as far as price mm-hmm. was concerned but it's it's not more it's not that much more of a set as far as content and build and yep. um it's like volume wise, you're not getting expensive. a lot because it's a it's a very long tube, and it's a narrower tube, I think, compared to the Saturn V. Mm. But it's certainly got a lot more detail when you look in it. You can take the back off it. You can you've got sort of the seats stacked up there. You got some mechanical functions to make the uh, the nose drop and the landing gear pop out at the same time. Absolutely, and I think that's actually that's actually really cool, and I think. I'm not going to begrudge it that. So I'll just acknowledge that there's a difference in price. I would also say that at the time that the Saturn V came out, we all thought it was ludicrously good value. Yep. Well, and Saturn V was a very special set, like a very on, special set. It was a very special set on so many on so many levels. I, I've got to admit, I I was not expecting to look at the pictures for this and think I want this i was feeling very nonplussed when i saw the f- when when sort of a, a leak crossed my desk the other week on instagram and i thought gee that i actually really just found myself thinking why do we have to deal with such rubbish images at leak it just it just makes the whole thing look disappointing and you then have this whole cycle of everyone being disappointed by what they saw in the leak and then seeing the real thing perhaps this is a strategy mm. Everyone's now looking at this and thinking, this looks much better than I thought it was. I want one. Yeah. Like, like price-wise, it's, it's within striking distance of the, like the creator expert cars. It's in the same, it's in the same ballpark. It's, the, it's in the same pricing region as like the space shuttle. So those like large yeah. display pieces um like the big technic cars um are kind of around that 300 mark as well yeah the big it's the same price as chewbacca i'm not sure if you want to 
kind of compare two of them, but like price wise, it does make you go. Ash, get are big... you after an interesting collection of white bricks or an interesting collection of brown bricks? Yeah, because I think the, the the price is quite interesting, and I think with a set like this, you are paying for the design. Yes, not so much the bricks because it's yeah, it's in. Like I said, it will appeal to a very specific niche of people, and I may or may not be part of that niche. I'm I'm not a huge plane nerd, but um, there is something that looks really pretty with this set. Yeah, and I like I said, it's 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 something that you buy for the design and to have a big one meter long like Concorde to display. Like yeah. that's Someone... that's the kind of person that Lego has in mind when they've you know put this set together. I think you could make an argument that they could, I don't know, shrink it down by like 50% to have like a more midi-sized Concorde because I know people that collect those like small like model aircraft that they have on their desk. I'm going to make a wild and completely unsubstantiated prediction. Oh, please do. Um, we, we, we love those we, on the show. We often see small creator sets that represent smaller versions of some of these icon sets so we had the you know the $15 Australian or the $25 Australian Land Rover Discovery we had the $15 Vespa Mm -hmm. the red Vespa that was tiny creator style set I would be I would be happy to bet that there's going to be that we may well see at the start of next year arriving in the Lego stores a small 20 centimeter concord may or may not look a lot like a concord Ooh, but uh, I, I like that i like that it would be consistent with what we've been seeing this is sort of iconic set generic supersonic sort of, aircraft well it doesn't need to be generic the the land rover was not generic oh yeah okay so so that, that it, it could actually be and I don't think the Vespa was generic either. No, no, it wasn't. So, so I, I think this could. I think there could be. It just makes sense to me that such a thing would exist. We mm-hmm. haven't um, heard about that at all, but it would just make sense to me that we might see something like that next year because there are so many times when you find that there's an icon set, and then there's something far more achievable and something far less expensive for the kids to play with that lets them build their own version. Hopefully, I think, yeah, I, I I agree. I could see that. I could see them. I could see them doing that, and I would welcome that because while I like the design of the Concord, it's it's a it's gonna take a very big part of my like display capacity because like it's the the footprint is gonna be massive, and you don't want to like crowd it you know, next to a bunch of like Lego sets, you know, kind of like, it's kind of like the Titanic. It needs a dedicated needs a... display space and yep. for it to, yeah, to to kind of own that space and not have any other distractions next to it. So it, yeah. I think it, it will be a challenge for people to display at that scale. I don't know if I you want to just... put it in the middle of your dining table, like you could try to get away with it, maybe. Maybe for the weekend. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's... 
you're gonna need a bit of space to display it because yeah, that like the wings are quite large. You got the delta wings, which are which are quite large, and it's just long. It's just one. It's just a one meter long Lego set, and it's not like yeah. the it's not like the Eiffel Tower where you know it's it's a massive set, but you know at least it's tall, and you know it's much easier to display tall Lego sets than it is wide Lego sets. Wide and long, yep, absolutely. Yep. My satin fibers stayed bolt upright. Yep since I built it rather than having it laid down on the side. Yeah. But hey, but I'm very happy for uh I'm very happy for, you know, aviation fans. I think it's a great like historical model. And, you know, hey, I if you've you know if you've kept up with like news in this sector, there are quite a few like startups in the USA and in Europe tinkering with supersonic flight again. There's one called Boom which, uh, you know, they've, they've got, like, a prototype model and they're looking to, like, commercialize a, yeah, a supersonic commercial flyer. And, yeah, we could be on the cusp of, you know, supersonic travel making a return again. That Who knows? Could, that could be um, very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh... So, look, I, I think this will... I think this will sell very well. It will appeal to... People that might tra- like might not traditionally be Lego fans, and there's a lot of Concord fans, a lot of people who grew up in the the seventies, eighties, the nineties, who were you know who were enamored by the Concord. It's got a great story. Definitely go check out the there's a there's a great like BBC documentary on the Concord as well. And there's just so much I think fascination around the Concord and it and its you know abrupt and early retirement. Mm. It's, it's, it's just truly one of those things that were that was like ahead of its time absolutely it's and look i the more i just examine the pictures that we've got of this the more excited i am to see it and um to see how it how the set um looks in real life and how it's received by people who get the chance to have a look at it mm. Yeah, it's cool. I, I I would I would invest in like a a nice like acrylic case for this. Yeah, yeah. I think this one is one that you would, isn't it? Um, and then you probably... can like stack Lego sets on top of it as well. <laughs> All your other little flying flying machines. Yeah, make some uh, make make some uh, make 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 the best out of the limited display space that you have. Um, that that certainly you know helps. You put some modulars on it. I don't know. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So, Jay, we've had a few people send us notes over the last couple of months just asking a a few general questions ranging from why are we here and why haven't we heard from you through to some slightly more interesting questions. Um, What pieces have we stepped in in the middle of the night, according to the um, opening blurb? We've totally failed to talk about these over the last um, year or two, and it turns out that it might have been because we've successfully managed to get most of the pieces off the floor in rooms that we're inclined to walk through in the middle of the night. Yeah, I just just avoid going to my Lego room after 2am. Fair call. Fair call. Um, I had a particularly unpleasant experience with a rogue two by four that had fallen off the kitchen table a few weeks ago um, before I'd got around to putting socks on in the morning. Um, And uh, that's not going to happen again. 
I managed to bite my tongue before I woke up the rest of the family, so we'll call that a win. However, look, we had a couple of questions from Philippe in Tucson, Arizona, and perhaps thoughts on our own personal sets of themes throughout LEGO history, and why. I'm going to pass it over to you first while I think oh, of an I've answer. Got, I've got an easy one. I feel yep. like I have these... Like, it's a very fun question to ask, and it's, you know, given given Lego's long history, I feel like it's a nice conversation topic, mm. and you learn a lot about the other person when you ask them about their favorite teams and what they like to collect, um, because everyone has a different answer, and it's pretty pretty fun. <clears throat> I, have, I, have, I have a lot of teams. Um, it's very hard to pick a favorite. And it really depends on when you're asking me and what I feel like and how good my memory is at a specific point in time. Um, but I'm going to go with Aquazone. That is that that is for me personally, my a team that I just loved as a kid. Mm. It combined my you know then interest in marine biology. Uh, it had it had space influences. And it was just such a cool futuristic concept where you would have these um, aquanauts, you know, dive into um, the depths of the ocean, encounter large octopus. Um, I believe that was the first time we got Lego octopuses, octopodes. I think it maybe. may have been close to the first time that we got yeah. any Lego marine life apart from the shark, which yeah. had... Appeared. You had you had those cool like um, <clears throat> crystals, those yep. those chromed silver crystals that they um, collected. There was a connection to Mtron, which again was was a very special team um, to me uh, in the form of magnets. Mm-hmm. And you know, in the early nineties, the coolest sets had you know. All the coolest sets had trans, you know, trans elements, and you had trans blue, you know, a plenty, and it just contrasted so nicely against the yellow. Mm. Yeah, it, it was a very fun and very imaginative team that I think, you know, hit hit all the right spots for me. It had it had marine exploration, it had cool vehicles, and it had a a dash of you know futuristic, you know, sci fi fantasy. For me mm. so so to me to me um yeah aquazone has a has a very special place yeah in my in my list of favorite teams always wanted the neptune discovery lab as a kid didn't didn't get one because it was way too expensive but i had to make do with the with the with the submarine with the claws which was mm. uh which was an excellent very excellent lego set and then lego decided to throw in a you know, a competing faction with Aqua Sharks as well, which again was very cool. Uh, one of the coolest, like villain factions, and another good source of trans neon orange windscreens. Excellent. Yep. <clears throat> so a lot to love there, um, especially the first wave, which you know kind of defined the Aquazone aesthetic. And you know, you you still you know to this day you still see Aquazone vehicles uh aquazone rides um at some lego lands um so that just tells you yeah 
the Equizone yeah. ride at Legoland is is one of my favourites, and it's just sort of going on these sort of like these jet boats skimming across the yeah. water while you have someone from the bank shooting at you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's just so much to love. There's so much to love. Like the you know the you know the sub uh, which I think was called the I can't I can't remember the the set number. I think it was the Crystal Explorer sub. You know, it just had everything. It had a it had a big octopus. It had yeah, the crystals collect, um, and the minifigures. The minifigures were so cool with their white, you know, diving suits with the special visor that you had on as well. Mm. You know, the diving suits had like the fan, the like a turbine or a fan at the back to propel them in the water. Like it was just a lot of fun and yeah. very very playable, and had a had had I think one of the most distinctive, you know, color combos and. It's just so recognizable, like it's so so iconic to me, um, and that's like peak, you know, mid nineties Lego for me personally. Yeah, it's yeah. uh, it's funny because because I grew up prior to the proliferation of themes that we had in the nineties. You know, by this stage I was uh, adult. I in fact ninety three. You know, sort of when I finished university, I missed all of these. It's sort of got the combination of the sets aren't too complex. Mm-hmm. They're still essentially brick on brick and a few interesting transparent neon. Um, this is sort of across most themes. And so the, the sets aren't too complicated. There's a degree of really interesting design in their torsos, but again, they haven't got, the artwork hasn't got too gritty and realistic or just too realistic for that matter. And so you sort of have that that feeling of simplicity and fun looking at any sets from this era. And this this is, you know, the space sets, Aquazone, but even City and um, Western, which, you know, sort of give or take a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And you then compare that to, it was just so much, it's just, it's just that level of detail above what we had in the, late 70s, um, early 80s with our minifig themes. And mm-hmm. I have to admit, probably when I was in that early 80s stage, that Technic was probably my favourite theme at that time because that's where I was learning about stuff and how how things worked. I had no idea that a differential was a thing until I got a Lego Technic set. No, I agree. I, I, I feel like, tech, like Technic at that time... Um, and even in the '90s as well, it just felt like such a such a huge step forward for Lego as a you know as a building system, like the things you could do, like the different elements. And there was a you know there was a uh, there, there, there was a you know heavy sense of like engineering, like you know Lego mm. was like you know architecture if you if you want to assign it a genre, and then you have technique which is just engineering which was yep. you know very very cool yeah i can see why and i mean technique at that stage was very much bricks with holes in rather than beams the way that we have them now but i can certainly see that switching over to that one module by one module rather than the sort of the brick type of basic measurement really just made sense for Technic, sort mm. of just allowing you to work in three dimensions far more far more readily. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll stand by probably 
Yeah, I'm still going to say Classic Space has got that soft spot, spot in my heart growing up, but most of it was through through the kids that I played with who had either a 918 or a um, 928, um, so the one-man spaceship or the space cruiser and moon base slash galaxy explorer. Mm-hmm. Whereas all I had was a space scooter and a radar truck, which <laughs> which was fun. And we had plenty of general Lego, sort of generic Lego from a few basic sets, but also a few sort of Lego land era town sets, mm. sort of pre-minifigure town sets. But we also had the old homemaker family floating around the house. But I probably spent far more time staring at the space sets in the catalogue than anything else at that time, even like though I most, couldn't hope to build yeah. any of it. I, th- I think most of us did. We just had different space sets that we stared at. Yeah. You know, it was quite and impressive. Look, Aquazone is technically, you know, you could you could consider it a, a space set. You know, who's to say it wasn't a alien planet that's just covered in water submarines oh. are you know technically spaceships technically and you know we know yeah we know so little about the um depths the, uh, the depths of the ocean that it might as well be out of space so mm. it's a very very um, punishing environment so you know who's to say aquazone wasn't a space sub team i feel like it was it's it certainly it, it kind of is although it also felt a little bit silly the way that the aqua sharks did have angry eyes and teeth painted on the side of their windscreens i, I mean or perhaps that's just me now i think if i was a if i was a seven-year-old back then i'd have thought it was awesome it was the coolest thing like the aqua sharks were like so cool like they were like proper you know like proper villain proper villains they had like you know chromed like silver daggers as well yep. how cool is that yeah it's cool it's um very very cool when are we thinking there we're sort of thinking yeah 95 to 98 or so yeah there's a lot of cool stuff and certainly a lot of those like the octagonal two by two brick mm-hmm. that in yellow that octagonal sort of base frame brick that you'd sort of build up a yeah. roof from that sort of became... Oh, now, 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 that I, now that I think about it, did did Aqua Sharks... No, I don't think Aqua Sharks had the daggers because the, the, the Aquazone sets had daggers. I think Aqua Sharks introduced the... like those those short like harpoons, like those chrome yep. harpoons. Yep. Yeah. See, that's, that's deadly. You know, you... You know, just minding your own business... You're a you know a hardworking aquanaut trying to study or harvest crystals at the bottom of the ocean, and then suddenly you're just you've been raided by a bunch of aqua sharks, and they're you know flinging chromed harpoons at you, and they've got you know mean, angry-looking shark crafts. That's 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 the kind of stuff you don't want to see at the bottom of the ocean when you're just looking to harvest some crystals. Absolutely. So certainly um, the sharks in 95 had, yeah, the, the, the the missiles were sort of the, the, the spear harpoons were around in 95, ultimately actually in both on both sides. Hmm. 
and then yeah, the daggers arrived a f- little bit later again yeah. in the hands of both sides. Ultimately, yeah. Oh, I need to um, yeah. Now, now, now that we're talking about it, I feel like I need to rebuild my Aquazone sets. That's been a, that's been on my to do list for like ten years now. Well, no better time than the presence. Present. I just, I just what are we might. up to now? It, it must be. Let's come up with an excuse for you, Jay. I don't have space. No, no, no. Here's a good excuse for you to do it. 2023 is the 25th anniversary of the final regular Aquazone sets. It's the what, 25th anniversary? Well, you know, 98, we sort of had a full wave of Aquazone sets. And in 99, there was just like a little box with a super sub, which looks like it had about 15 pieces. Okay. I could, I, I could, I could, I could work with that. Just like you might otherwise say, this year was the 25th anniversary of Adventurers, mm. or um, or similar things. You know, we can we can make anything an excuse. Mm. And yeah, I, I still I still sort of marvel that shape of that first one man one seater spaceship as far as a a swooshable spacecraft and. I think I've spoken in the past about the kid that lived up the road that had a had a nine two eight, and his his dad had wired up the landing pad with LEDs, <laughs> which was really cool. Um, but yeah, the whole idea of the base with the big ship with the little buggy in the back that was really awesome. Sort of to have have the you know it it felt like this was probably three three Lego sets in one because you'd had had all of those things. Yeah, of course, well. if you probably sat down to do so, you could probably build a couple of other, um, or at least a good version of some of those other spaceships out of that set. Hmm. These days, they'd carefully make sure that you can't by ensuring that there was an exclusive part for each that was um, unavailable in any other. <laughs> <laughs> there we so go. That that's um, that's an interesting set of thoughts. I must think. Of, I do find that you know every era of my life, I have different favourite different favorite themes Mm -hmm. another question that we've been asked from philip jay is that lego sets can get pricey and we have to make choices what are your thoughts on choosing variables to consider when deciding which set to buy um i think it's important to point out that even though we do receive a degree of support from the lego group for creating our content there's I still buy a lot of Lego. I, I stuff enjoy. That we still buy. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy buying that, Lego. That's, that we get that's to like, buy like and enjoy without any pressure to. That's the hard. Yeah, that's generate half stuff the fun. from it. That's half the fun of yeah part, participating in the hobby. Look, I think the, the, the this advice has been has been valid since I ended my dark ages and it's always, you should just wait. Um, it's very important to not succumb to FOMO, the fear of missing out because sets eventually almost always get discounted or you may get tempted by a special GWP or offer or double VIP points or whatever and there's always, always, always a good opportunity to buy a set and not have to pay full price. That's the, yeah, like, and you, you don't have to buy, like, every single set, and you don't have to buy every single set 
immediately. So just be patient and you might be able to snag a good deal. Mm. And second one, I think, you know, enjoying Lego on a budget is indulging in used sets. Yeah. Look on like for sure eBay or like Facebook marketplace. There is, um, there's almost always people getting, you know, rid of Lego or thinning down their collection and you can get, you can sometimes get really good deals there. And And it's in the nature of Lego that you could just break it down and put it back together again, follow the instructions. Even if it doesn't come with instructions, you can access them online and get a PDF and rebuild the set. And the, yeah, the, the experience is still valid and is still as good as building a new set. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's probably fair to say that there does appear to be a subculture or a subgroup within the LEGO fan community who enjoy building sets, and that's really the part of the hobby that they enjoy. Mm. And once built, once the set's built, the set's built, there's no need to, unless it's outstanding, there's no need to keep it on display. So you can pull it down, move it on, and that gives you an opportunity to fund the next big purchase that you're going to make no no, i agree and you know selling all sets from your collection is also a i think a good way to you know self or not self-fund but you know just make the hobby a lot more sustainable because Mm. and this is this is this is especially useful if you've been a long-time fan of lego and you might be sitting on sets that you have taken apart or sets in your backlog that have been in your backlog for years now, which may have appreciated in value because they contain a rare minifigure or it's a incredibly sought-after Star Wars set or, yeah, some obscure set that... Or it's uh, just old. Po- yeah. Yeah, or, it's, or if it's just old. And, you know, selling them on Facebook or eBay to, you know, put money towards a future set or a bigger set that you might have your eyes on, I think it's it's perfectly fine. If you look up, you know, if you, it's, it's, it's a good exercise to look at and to look up values of like minifigures because you might be surprised at what, you know, some minifigures might command on the secondary market. Like if you were lucky enough to pick up, say, the was it the Ghost or the Ghost Two from Star Wars Rebels that had Grand Admiral Tron in it, you're now sitting on what a two hundred dollar minifigure, and you know for some people that don't have a you know don't have a strong attachment to the character or don't find enjoyment with you know owning every single rare minifigure, that's two hundred dollars that you can spend on a new and shiny lego set so yeah i'll have to admit that minifigure was the reason i bought that set back in the day it was and it was what was it it was it was like a 20 dollars set from memory was it 30 it was it was not it was it, it was, was it was a small set it was not big it yeah. was not 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 a not a budget breaker mm-hmm. no and i may have in fact picked it up at a reduced price yeah if you have a Mill Village raid in your collection, it comes with two goats. You really need two goats. You can sell a goat for $100 and voila. Which is more than I paid for my 
three mil village rates each when they were on clearance. Oh, $65. I still remember. <laughs> or were they cheaper? I can't remember. Uh, I don't think I got them. I don't think I managed to get them quite that. Didn't quite have the same level of value. Mm. But yeah. But, uh, what, about, what about you? What, what tips would you have to enjoy Lego on a budget? So I suppose it depends on what you're after. I probably will often look at sort of draw up a little grid of what which minifigures, which characters in this wave do I find particularly exciting? What opportunities do I have to pick them up? Mm-hmm. And do I need the one that's got the extra bonus cape or do I and 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 armored shoulder pads or do I just need the basic basic one and I sort of look to work out the permutations of sets that I might use to do that mm-hmm. unless there's a model that I think is really cool and then I take that as my starting point mm. so with if if I were picking dreams up with my own money I'd be looking at the sets that are minifigure heavy particularly the shark Mrs. Tort, um, Mrs. Casillo's turtle van turtle van and then that covers most figures, and I then just have to work out how I want to get Logan and Cooper. <laughs> but you also probably want the spaceship because Mr. Oz is a really cool minifigure. Yeah, um, but, but I, 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 yeah, I will have to say it is. Um, I think now, so now more than ever, it's getting harder and harder to uncover and discover sets that tick a lot of the boxes while still not you know while still being you know quote-unquote good value i feel like that's great that's been really hard this year i think i think there's been very careful work done into done in set design to ensure that you need to get the really big expensive set if you want to get all of the good figures (laughs) yeah but that's been the case for like the the longest time yeah i feel like that's been that's been that's was... been the MO since day dot. Like classic space, you had the black classic space astronauts, and those were typically only available in some of the bigger sets. Except were, for the, they were except in a few... for the, the was it Astro Walker? The the yeah. Yeah, now there was there were a few small sets that had, had black spacemen in. And the, they're just rare because they weren't around for long. Yeah, and they were spies. Ultimately. So you don't want to see a lot of them around. No. But in in the, in the meantime, you know, I think it re- it's really something that's, that's came on once we got into named characters and mm. active storytelling in sets. So probably to a limited extent with pirates, and we then started to see far more variation in figures once we had variation in facial expressions. So I think some of those castle figures from the 90s and space figures from the 90s. So, you know, I'm sort of thinking Ice Planet, you had three distinct characters, one of whom was only in the most expensive set. Mm. And, you know, then themes like Dark Forest, which at the time, you know, they just weren't readily available outside of North America, but now certainly those figures have appreciated significantly. But it was, I suppose it was really with the advent of um, 
what were those play themes that I'm thinking of? Um, adventurers and mm. licensed themes subsequently where you had very limited availability of key figures in the story. Mm. Yep. And I have to say as well, like the there are a lot of good mid-range sets. So sets within the ballpark of 50 US dollars that yep. have that have a lot of value and it's usually calculated that way because they want to bring new people in so that's still within like impulse purchase by yep. territory for most people um so things like the botanicals um yep uh, are there yeah you get you get a lot of good like creator tree in one sets in that ballpark which you know give you a like classic lego experience yeah, so I think around that, like, look around that that price range to get mm. some really good values because once it goes up, especially past the 100 USD, like, psychological mark, it can go up quite aggressively, pretty yeah. fast, pretty quickly, and pretty dramatically. Yeah, for, sure. um, for sure. Yeah, I, I certainly think if... And if, if it's a building experience that I'm after, I'll often look at the creator 3-in-1s over minifigure themed sets, mm-hmm. um, but it's probably, you know, say looking at the city and friend sets this year, there are a couple that are just outstanding looking sets, particularly mm-hmm. the botanical gardens um, in, in friends. And that just um, strikes me as ticking so many of those and so many of those boxes that you're talking about as well as being an inexpensive set, but a really good, gateway drug as it were um yeah, really good yeah. um appealing build yeah oh and i think it's also very important to read reviews and do as much research as you can um before buying a lego set because the you know reviews will shed some light over you know what's the pros and cons of the set and you know i i you know personally i put a lot of work into my reviews because i know that you know, buying Lego is a big, like, financial commitment for, mm. you know, for people. It's not exactly cheap. And when you're spending money, you want to pretty much just buy, like, the best of the best and not, you know, have to deal with a pretty average set because, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah. I do I do find I tend, I, for sets that I don't have, I do look at, every, at other people's reviews. I do find that it does, um, it can do two things. It can sway me towards it and occasionally look occasionally i do find that people will highlight shortcomings of a set and i don't but the, the thing you do need to be wary of is that they're not always shortcomings to every person mm. and you know I, i'm thinking there are some sets that i've looked at where i've thought it doesn't really matter if you really want this minifigure you're going to buy this set anyway if you yeah. <laughs> really want this buildable character you're going to buy this set regardless of how the rest of the play experience is with the set. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I also think that that's important to read and consume a variety of reviews because every reviewer is different. They look at different things. Obviously, it's a very subjective um, discipline. And, you know, if you, you know, if you read a few good reviews, it'll give you a pretty good idea of, yeah, uh, it'll give you a pretty well-rounded idea um and i think that's super important as well like it's 
it's good to find reviewers that you have alignment with in terms of your like you know personal tastes that's mm. that that to me i think is very important because then it becomes like when they review or and they you know when they recommend something um you know that you might enjoy it because your tastes are quite similar so i think that that's important but again it's also important to get a well-rounded view of sets from different sources for sure cool all right thanks all so right. much for the questions we really welcome them and we are building up a bank of mailbox questions because we love you know we love hearing from you and we love um you know taking these questions so if you have uh, a question that you'd like to ask us please drop us a message on social media at extra pieces pod um i think we're across most major social media channels um or you can drop us an email at extra pieces pod at gmail.com fantastic well i think that's probably about all that we've got time for today jay so again everyone thank you very much and we look forward to catching up with you in a couple of weeks and um in the meantime i'm richard from the rambling brick and i'm jay from jay's brick blog and these are the extra pieces you have been listening to Extra Pieces, a collaboration between Jay's Brick Blog and The Rambling Brick. Your hosts are Jay Ong and Richard Jones, written and produced by Jay Ong and Richard Jones. Extra Pieces can be found through your favourite podcasting platforms. Please like and subscribe, and if you like what you hear, please give us a solid five-star review. It will make it easier for other people to find us and to share the joy. <laughs>